What do you identify most with? Invading cats? Stuffy old birds who are trying to refine their glory? The woodland creatures rising up against their oppressors? Or you think you're just going to strike it out on your own? Probably the invading cats. They're just trying to recreate their kingdom. They probably got kicked out of their last one. So now they're coming in here and kicking out the other rules, which, let's face it, are probably also evil. Well, today we're going to look at Root and we're going to find out who's going to end up dominating the woodland. Welcome to Family Games. I'm your host, Justin. And I'm your host, Oscar. And every couple of weeks, we come to you with a new game to review to, um, that we love playing together with our family in hopes that you will want to play it with your family and friends. And so um, you can learn more about all the games that we review on this show at our website, boardwithfamilygames.com. That's B-O-A-R-D with familygames.com. And on there, that website, you can find links to buy the games. You can um, find other episodes of our podcast, review our podcast, or leave us a message um, any, if, about things you want to see on this podcast in the future. So today we're going to talk about Root. And what, where did the, when did we start playing this game, Oscar? Um, I think we got it for Christmas, and we have played a lot ever since. Yeah, this is a, um, a game you know, we had heard about a while back and hadn't gotten. And then finally, you know, Christmas came around and we grabbed it. And it's just been a great game for our family. We um, play it pretty regularly. We've really um, enjoyed it. It's one that's kind of constantly in rotation for our family. This game is about woodland creatures and their lives in the forest as they fight for what they want. And what makes this game a little different than so many other games we play, Oscar? It's asymmetrical, which means all the factions aren't working necessarily towards the same goal or have the same means of getting there. So that's what makes this um, cute little game about the woodlands so deep and intriguing and so much fun to keep playing that you'll, you and your family will play it over and over again. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that and introduce you to this game after the a word from our sponsors. We would love for you to sponsor us. So if you're interested in board games, please sponsor us and we'll be trying to probably sell some board games for anyone who's interested in them. And just contact us at our website, Board with Family Games, that's B-O-A-R-D with familygames.com and just contact us and sponsorships would include an ad spot right here on our pod podcast every week we'd love to have you join us as we said this is an asymmetrical game meaning that each player is playing one faction but each faction is out for a different goal can you talk a little bit about how that actually works oscar so you would need the goal written down on the board or card that told you which faction you are. But in Root, it's always based on victory points to win. You need to get to 30 victory points. But the ways of getting said victory points are different. It could be building buildings, placing tokens, 
destroying other people's buildings and tokens. Okay, so each player has their set of rules in front of them and how to go about gaining these victory points. And each faction has a different means of doing that. So everybody's going to be out for themselves trying to get victory points. One of the things that I think is kind of cool about this is sometimes one of the ways that a player will gain victory points is by helping another player. Um, so there, there are natural means of working together, but then you have to think, oh, wow, this player wants to help me, but they're getting victory points for it. So it's an interesting way of doing it um, where everybody's going for these victory points. How else can you win the game? Um, there's cards called dominance cards, where if you play it and you rule certain spaces at the beginning of your turn, you win the game. Okay, so generally speaking, we're talking about these victory points. That's largely how you're going after it. But in some cases, you might go for that dominance instead and um, as you're playing the game. So... Let's talk a little bit about the different factions that come in the base game and what their um, goals are. So what about the Marquise de Cat? What are, what, what's the goal if you're playing the Marquise de Cat? What are you trying to achieve? You're trying to build your kingdom and you get po- victory points from building your places. And you just want to spread out and build your places but defend them so that other people can't come in and destroy them for victory points. Okay, so that's Marquis. You're building and spreading. What about the Airy Dynasty? Well, they're actually you're going out and trying to build your roofs, which are also buildings, and you get points at the end of your, end of your turn for building your roofs. Okay, so it sounds a little bit or similar, but these two play wildly different in reality there, but these are two in the base game, very expansionist um, factions. So let's talk about one that plays completely differently. What about the Woodland Alliance? Well, you're actually trying to spread your sympathy and what well, or tokens and those, and each time you place a token, it gains, it gets you victory points, but you can use them to revolt. So people are trying to destroy your tokens, but that's good for you because you can't win if all your to- if no one destroys your tokens. So it's this strange thing where you're spreading sympathy and it's um, you're putting these tokens down on the board and you actually have very few warrior um, characters in the game because you, that's not really what it's about being the Woodland Alliance because they're these little, cute little woodland creatures. But as Oscar said, one of the important things is revolting. You can overthrow and destroy everything and, um, and as they take over an area. It's uh, really a fascinating faction to play. And then finally, the Vagabond. Talk about um, the Vagabond. Well, you're actually alone. So you're, there's, you're not warriors. You're collecting items and you're doing tasks for the woodland. And you're helping other alliances, other factions to gain victory points for yourself. But you and you're just trying to get fame and money. So you've got this random little raccoon character wandering around the board doing whatever they feel like. And sometimes they're helping you. Maybe they're attacking you. You don't know. It's this crazy little um, character moving around with its own set of goals. It's, um, as I said, all these play completely differently. And it's a lot of fun because as you play as, with your family, you'll switch up and try playing as different factions. Describe this game for us. So, first I'm going to start with the board. It's basically a forest, 
But there's like different paths and clearings in it, and that's where you you put your people. Then there's the people, which are little tokens. I mean, and they're not super detailed, but it gives you the gist of a cat or a raccoon so or they're, mouse. They're woodcut painted um, tokens, yeah. right? And then there's the little tokens, which very, but these are all sort of cartoon drawings. I mean, not like cartoonish, cartoonish. Oh, so you mean the little um, tokens that you put on to, or for, that represent a building or represent yeah. sympathy or represent different things for different factions. They're not funny cartoon drawings, yeah. but they're still cartoons. They're, they're simple icons so that you can know what they are at a glance um, when you after you've put them down on the board. Yeah. All right. What about, um, so you've got this general board with these different clearings that you're looking to control, build in, et cetera, depending on what your goal is. How about um, your your player board, your individual board in front of you? So first it has the order of the turn, birdsong, daylight, and evening, and in each one you take an action. Then there's the buildings, and or tokens, depending on what you have. But those are, but you just place your tokens on those. They're just tracks that show you how many victory points you get from them. So it's a really great method that they do for this game because one, since it's asymmetrical and everybody has different goals, they put that information right there in front of you yeah. um, so that you're constantly reminded about what you're supposed to do on your turn. Um, and then, as Oscar said, you know, your tokens, they, there's spots for them to be laid out on your board so that when um, they're there and you know what you need to do with them and when it's time to move them from the board to the uh, or from your board to the play board. And although this is a really complicated game, they do a great job of laying this out for you to make it easier once you get going. Also, on the top, there are a few abilities, and those are unique to your character. Okay. And they give you positive or negative effects. Okay, so those things are right up there on your, or in front of you, as I'm looking here at the Marquise de Cats um, piece, or board, it says... For, you have a piece called the keep, and only you can place pieces in that clearing with the keep token, which is a big benefit for you when playing. But it is able to be destroyed because, like all buildings and tokens, you can destroy it. Yeah. So you've got um, every, or you've got that laying right out in front of you. How? What? What's the other thing that you're um, managing and working with in this game? There are also cards, and they give you some benefit. And they will, but you need to have the right clearings and have a piece that on the back of your game board, it tells you what you craft with or use cards with. And you need to have those in the right clearings to be able to use the card. Okay, so you're going to be drawing these cards and each card is going to be signified with a rabbit, a fox, or a mouse. Or a bird. Or a bird. Those are your three main things. The reason I forgot bird right off the bat is because that's wild. It, it serves as anything. And then when you're, um, there's going to be this crafting cost. And depending on your faction and how you craft, you will need to have certain number of pieces in certain number of areas to be able to craft that thing. So um, for the Marquise de Cat, 
if you want to craft a boot, let's say, and it costs two um, mice, then, then you need to have workshops into mice clearing. Exactly. And so that's a, a goal if, that you'd have to go towards if you wanted to build those items. Visit B-O-A-R-D with FamilyGames.com for more information on this and other games. For the artwork, it's a very distinctive illustration that's really nice, but is hard to describe. Yeah, it's really cute little characters. You know, I'm looking at the box and you've got a some kind of eagle up in a tree with a bow and arrow. And it's just this really cute um, style that's on all the cards and throughout everything. It's serious, it's but it's fun and it's not um, but it's not goofy. It's a um, it's just a really clean, great look. You will recognize anything root after you have seen this style. Everything they all have the same look to it. Tell me what it takes to set up Root. Um, you just have to shuffle the cards, put your tokens down where they're supposed to be, and follow the ter- the setup order specified on the back of the faction board. Yep. So each faction board on the back will tell you exactly how to set it up because it's all a little different for each one. So um, the Marquise de Cat is set up A, and basically you place your... Um, your keep tokens somewhere that we mentioned, and then you put one warrior in every clearing, then you put some tokens on the board and you're ready to go. And then after that, the next faction is able to set up. Um, it works out really well. It has this lettering system because depending on where the first player plays, that will help decide where the second player goes. But the Marquise is always first if um, she's in the game. Also, something you'll find is the Marquise setup is needs to go first because other factions need the mark need to know the marquee setup to know where to set up okay great so how long would you say it takes to actually set the game up um i'd say five ten minutes yeah. not long no pretty quick you sit um after that you deal out some cards um everybody gets a little starting hand and you're ready to play so oscar why don't you talk through a basic turn. And we keep using the Marquise de Cap because that's kind of the basic um, faction. So why don't you just describe how the Marquise would approach a turn? So first, you have Birdsong, which is the beginning of the turn. And now is that specific to the Marquise or is... No, everyone, everyone has the three phases sort of in the turn. Birdsong, Daylight, and Evening. Okay. So what's the bird song for Marquise? The Marquise would take one wood token and place it on every sawmill. Okay, so sawmills are a building you can have. The more buildings you have, the more wood you get. The more wood you have, the more buildings you can build, right? Yeah. (laughs) Then in daylight, first you would craft using any workshops you have down and anything that you can with said workshops. So again, this is the example you got... A card for a boot with two mice. You have two mice workshops. Boom. You get. You can build it. But you. Let's say you had another boot, but you only had the two. You can't build another boot. Okay. So then you take up to three actions plus one for each bird card in, in your hand, which you can place down and discard, and then you get an extra action. Your actions are battle, 
where you roll two dice, you get the higher one, the person you're attacking gets the lower one, you get rid of the troop, the specified number of troops, you can't get rid of more than the number of troops you have. So one of the things that's kind of cool about the battling in this is let's say, you know, the marquees in the area are going up against each other and each have six warriors in a clearing. These um, dice you're rolling, they only go up to, it's three, right? Yeah, three. So the at most, you can take out three of their warriors. It's going to take multiple battles to eliminate and clear that, uh, that clearing. clearing. There's march where you move two spaces, but you must be moving from a clearing where you have more pieces or to a clearing where you have more pieces. You can't move from a clearing... You have fewer pieces to a clearing, you have fewer pieces, even if you that move would make you rule it. So there's a um, this concept of ruling the clearing, whoever basically has the most pieces in that clearing. Wait, rules. And this, this march action works for almost all of the factions. You can't just go wandering about the board. You can't create a big pack of cats and then go march them around the board clearing stuff up because you don't rule everything. And so it's a great... Um, means of keeping things from going too out of control. Yeah. There's recruit where you take a warrior from your supply of warriors and place it at each recruiter you have, but you can only do that once per turn. That way you can't recruit like five times in a turn. And when you have three recruits out there, have 15 people, cats, marching right. out and wrecking the area. There's build where you would spend your the specified amount of wood and build a building in a clearing you rule with empty building slots. Each clearing has a specified number of building slots. And there's overwork where you discard a card and you put one wooden sawmill matching the suit of that card. So if you had a sawmill and a fox clearing and you discarded a fox sword, you would get a wooden set in the sawmill on the fox clearing. Okay, so you've got these set of actions. You get to pick three, maybe more if you have the cards to do it. And that's your turn. You're um, going to use that as your means. So you might spend a lot of time battling. You could use three actions to battle if you were in that clearing with six and six, but then you're not building anything. You're not doing anything else to further you. So it's a balance of what you want to pick. And then you go into evening where most of the time... With a few exceptions, you draw a card, plus one for each plus card thing showing on your track. You get that from building and placing tokens. And then you just discard down to five cards, and that's your turn. The next player goes. Okay, so that's pretty much it. It sounds very um, simple. It gets there. I will say, you know, at first it can, this game is a little overwhelming, but um, you'll get there because, as we said, it's all laid out so nicely for you on your card. You're going to know exactly what you're doing in each phase of that day. Um, each different faction has something like this. They have some different ways. This is the most straightforward one. The others can be a little bit more complicated, but that's great. It adds to the variety and the fun. Um, for complexity of this game, it is shockingly high um it is and i mean that in a way of you look at this game with little woodland creatures and think it's going to be so easy and straightforward and it, it really isn't no uh, i mean 
you you're working to set for separate goals. You have separate means of getting there. Whenever something's asymmetrical, it's always a bit more complex. Yeah, because you're you have to watch what you need to do, but you also have to know what everybody else's goal is so that you can try to stop them from achieving it before you achieve it. Before you achieve yours, and so, they're doing it to you too. So it becomes it, it does get very complicated. I will say some of the characters are way easier to play than other ones. Um, sometimes we. We are not shy. We have gotten on and um, looked up different play strategies for different characters, especially when we're having trouble with them, because that's just key. You need to understand what you need to do. Or, for instance, when um, we finally introduced the Vagabond to the game and we started playing it, whoever played the Vagabond won. And we need <laughs> we realize that that's probably not the way the game really works, and so we needed to learn some things. Um, and we, you know, you get better. You play a little bit more, and then you. Get better at it. After a couple rounds with the Vagabond, I have to say the Alliance was at least getting close, if not being a real contender. So the we found that we like the ones that aren't super fighty fighty. Yeah, you know, there's there's these expansionist ones like the Marquis in the area, and then there's these other groups that have um, different goals, and we yeah we tend to like those or those a little bit. There are. Um, when we're thinking about the complexity of it, one of the recommendations I'll make when we played this on Christmas day, when we got it, we did we put it away and we didn't play it for a few weeks or maybe it was a few days even, but it, it, when we started again, it was hard play it. Put if you, after you add this game to your rotation, for when you get it, play it for the first few times, play it consistently so that you can get a good feel of it. And then when you put it away and come back at it after a couple weeks, It'll make sense again. Um, you know, it's just it's one that just takes a little bit of time, but it is so worth it to get comfortable with this game because it is so complex, so variant, so much fun, and you'll you'll get there pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So, does this game cause problems for a family? Well, there are cards called favor cards, which decimate clearings, and those are what we found cause the most strife. But honestly, it's, again, surprisingly unstrifeful. Yeah, you can have great moments where you're working together, even though you're not technically allied. It just makes sense and you're working together. Um, We try not to gang up on somebody. That's usually when you can have some frustration. But when you do gang up on someone, that means you're ahead. Typically, yes. (laughs) And then, um, you know, also... If you're not familiar with a faction, you might have a hard time getting it off the ground. And so that could be a little frustrating. But overall, it goes pretty well. We play this with three players, as we do most games. It works well um, with three. It's really a little bit better with four. There is an expansion that has um, mechanical versions of the other factions. And so we will often have the Marquis played as a mechanical version and then play other factions ourselves. That brings us up to four players. It just works a little bit better. So I would strongly encourage you to do that if you are looking at playing with two or three players. Get that added in. Um, storage and protection, we definitely sleeved up all of these cards. They are um, You're going to be shuffling them a lot, using them a lot. They're great, well-made cards, but having them sleeved is going to be helpful for you. Also, once you get later in the game, it's not uncommon to run, have, actually run through all the cards. 
and have to shuffle them up again so that you can keep playing with cards. Exactly. What about expansions? I mentioned the mechanical versions in that expansion. What about other expansions, Oscar? There's two other expansions right now. The Riverfolk expansion that adds two factions and actually a cooperative mode. And there's the Underworld expansion that adds two more factions and gives you two more maps. Okay. And so that's a great way that if you've been playing this for a while and you want to mix things up a little bit, you can add a few more factions into your gameplay and it um, just keeps keeps the fun going. So overall, Oscar, what would you say? Should people play Root? Definitely. Yeah. One of our favorites. I can't recommend this enough. I mean, you know, it's always almost funny that we even have this section in our podcast about recommendation because our reviews always, always are going to be yes, play it. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us for our review of Root by Later Games. We hope you enjoyed this episode and you will review us on wherever you're getting your podcasts and continue to follow us week to week. You can always check out our website, www.boardwithfamilygames.com. That's B-O-A-R-D with FamilyGames.com. And there you can buy the games, see other um, episodes and what we're, reviews and what we're playing. And, of course, donate to our podcast. Thank you again for joining us. I'm your host, Justin. And I'm your host, Oscar. Bye.